Hello and welcome to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. My name is Kathleen Merkel and I'm the host of the show. And together with a wide range of legendary leaders themselves and experts in the field of self-leadership, we are going to explore concepts and ideas that show you how you can move past your fears, negative self-talk and constant doubts in order to encourage you to becoming a legendary leader yourself with far more natural impact, influence and inspiration. So are you ready for it? Well, welcome once again to Legendary Leaders, the podcast. Hello, hello and welcome back. I have a wonderful guest lined up for you. Her name is Chen Spiegel and ah, oh, man, I, I couldn't wish for anyone better. She is inspiring. She is funny. She is knowledgeable. She is truly real and has some brilliant and sometimes very challenging experiences to tell, to share, all in the service of us growing, learning, and becoming iconic. That's her business, but that's truly her. She is on her path of being iconic, and she is taking loads of other women, in particular female entrepreneurs, with her. And today we're talking about plenty of exciting, insightful topics such as what does my soul really need? What's my essence and how can I consistently reconnect with it? Because sometimes it can feel as if we are losing touch with ourselves. But how can we rediscover those parts that we may have forgotten about on a more regular basis? And one of the key tips she shares with us, and she's going to explain more about it, is how to date yourself and romance yourself and step back into a more harmonious life. And um, she has done it only recently when she decided to date herself, how she did it and what the outcome of it was. I let her share that story with you and I have a nice challenge prepared for you as well. We're talking about one concept that I in particular find very, very intriguing, and that is the concept of peaceful confidence. So without saying too much more about it, but think about a person that you may have experienced in the past who entered a room, and it can be a virtual room as well, and who immediately had all of your attention. Because of the way they showed up, the way they spoke, the way they presented and held themselves. What did they do or didn't they do that immediately drew you to them? And most importantly, how can you become this person that enters a room and everybody is right away in the space of, I need to know who this person is? Jen is also going to share some real vulnerable stories about her past, what led her to um, create businesses that um, she could manage while working from home, looking after in the beginning two kids and then four, and uh, being the best mom she can be as well. And nowadays, she's helping so many other female entrepreneurs on their path, supporting them to becoming iconic, how she does that. She's going to share with us here today. But let me share a little bit more about Jen. There is truly no one like her. 
in high performance coaching. She has been raising babies and businesses for 18 years, which gives her an unmatched understanding and experience. And as I said to you earlier on, so many insights that she's going to generously share with us here today. And as a mom of four, a wife and an entrepreneur with multiple income streams, uh, Chen will authentically support you to build a fulfilling life by harmonizing your life and business. And after over a decade of coaching, Chen has successfully mentored thousands globally to grow and sustain a lifestyle and business of pleasure and prosperity. She meets proven strategy and energetics to gift you with the most effective guidance to massive success. You will feel seen, heard, and felt. And everything Chen does is from a pure, integral place. The experience always exceeds expectations, and I have no doubt that this is exactly what you're going to be experiencing while listening to this podcast. So enjoy every minute of it, and we cannot wait to hear your feedback and all your questions. I speak to you again in a moment. Good morning, Chen. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I am very well. It's afternoon for me, so I had more than one coffee. <laughs> I feel pretty excited about talking to you. Yes, it's going to be a great conversation. I have no doubt. And I have to say, Jen, I have to start with talking about loud music. I love it when someone shares a few personal nuggets about themselves on their websites. And so did you. And when there's something about music, I pick up on it right away. And you said the one thing I can't live without is loud music. So what kind of loud music? Ooh, that, thank you. Yes. The, the day, it depends on the day, you know, there's moments where I really appreciate something that's peaceful and quiet and pulls me into that meditative state. And then there's other times where I need to move my body and shake something off. So I have quite a few playlists on Spotify. It's something actually we highlight within the brand and the magazine. We share a new playlist every single month. Um, and my, my tastes change based on my mood, based on my feeling or what I'm calling in. So, you know, sometimes I need to be a little bit more peaceful or there's times where I want, I, you know, desire more energy. And so I, I pick my music based on that, but the louder, the better. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm loving this. And, you know, a big part of what you just shared is all about being self-aware, being in the moment and notice what you and your body really needs. You are not just an entrepreneur, you are a wife, a mom of four, and I'm pretty sure you're so many other things and stepping into so many other roles in your day-to-day -day life. So how do you manage to be able to really step into the being and noticing? Well, that has been through practicing two things. One thing would be discernment and the other thing being presence. So discernment was my word back in 2021. I was going through a lot of healing, a lot of healing from my past, a lot of healing of what the world went through. Um, you know, at that time I had shared custody of my two oldest children. So navigating that world with someone else who may not be aligned with at all the, all the time um, created a lot of stress. And um, it was a difficult time. So I, I did a lot of healing and a lot of work on myself to support myself during that, that period. And discernment was a word that I, I really hung on to because what I had realized through my healing journey was up until that moment, I had lived my life completely to people, please, which I know is, is something most people can relate to at some capacity. 
But I think I might've taken that to the extreme where I had fallen into performative personas. So I wanted to act and behave the way I thought someone would approve of. It was really peeling back these layers of myself that took a lot of forgiveness took a lot of understanding and compassion, and then really learning how to do things differently moving forward. So that was with through discernment, you know, is this true to me? Is this a great decision? Will this feel good on the other side? Like sitting with things for a minute versus these knee jerk reactions that I had done up until that moment. So discernment was key because it allowed me to prioritize. It allowed me to always come into alignment and ask, is this right? Does this feel good? Mm -hmm. Is this a good decision? Does this matter six months from now? Mm -hmm. Those particular questions really did put me on, well, it put me on a path of knowing what I want to do and when I want to do it and honoring myself, which in turn honors my business and honors my family because I'm in alignment and I'm peaceful and I feel centered and grounded. So that was the first one. And then this year, the word for me is presence Mm -hmm. and presence for myself, presence for those I'm with, presence for my business and my family. And, you know, really practicing what I've been preaching for so long. I've been raising babies and businesses for 17 years. I've been doing this for a long time. And I feel like I've reached this point of maturity. And I mean that in the most humble of ways, but there's a point where you do start to realize that, you know, I, I have done big things and I have done this with a lot of balls in the air and, Again, it comes back to that honoring of ourselves and recognizing ourselves, acknowledging ourselves and giving ourselves the permission, I suppose, to to do the things really well that we know how to do. And presence has guided me this year so far. So when I'm with you right now, my mind isn't thinking about what I need to do later. My mind's not thinking about whether the kids are happy at school currently. My mind is thinking, how can I give my fullest version to you? How can I bless this moment? And I do the same with my children so that I'm not being pulled into business as I'm sitting on the couch and watching a movie or they you know, just want to talk to me. I give them that time and space because, well, this is another conversation. I'm kind of leading in a, in a direction here, but this whole idea of balance has been so misunderstood and frankly has been so hurtful to so many of us. That is an interesting topic you are um, alluding to, and I shall get back to that. Um, Balance is indeed a topic that's deep ingrained Mm -hmm. in my heart, and I have a very specific view on it. However, I'm really grateful for what you have just shared about discernment and presence as well. And I just want to highlight discernment for me is, is a beautiful word as well. And I've just come across it last year really to embrace it fully because it comes from such a place of kindness as well. Mm-hmm. So he, I can judge myself pretty quickly. You haven't done enough. You weren't good enough. All of this nice stuff. But discernment means, okay, what am I taking from this? What does that really mean to me? And I don't want to repeat everything you've just said. It is far more resourceful and future orientated, which I really love about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you are in control of doing something with the information that you have right in front of you, basically. Now, Jen, you also highlighted that people pleasing has been a, a challenge for you, right? This performative side you've mentioned. Mm-hmm. And now I'm taking this piece and saying, now you live presence and being in the presence. Now I'm curious about that transition. 
from people pleasing <laughs> where you're trying to be literally everything to everybody and getting it right and now being in the here and now mm-hmm. simply being so, so what was that process like for you well you know it was really uncomfortable as i'm sure anybody listening would be able to recognize i mean when we're making a change or shifting or um wanting to grow and and evolve and expand it requires us to sort of grieve a side of us you know there's almost a level of grief you know, because things had worked up until then. I had been highly successful. I had a beautiful family. If you looked at it, it would appear to be perfect. It would appear to be the dream. And it was. So I don't want to, you know, take away from what was because it was. But my soul, my presence, my essence was the piece that was missing. And so finding that for me was very uncomfortable because I took the word humility to the extreme. The word humility to me, you know, was something that I really wanted to build everything on in my life that, you know, I never forgot coachable and that I never allowed my success to feed my ego. That was really important to me. But there was also a level of obsession almost to this humility that also didn't allow me to stand into my personal power, didn't have me own my success, didn't have that conviction and confidence that was felt by people around me. And it it took a few people to point it out. And I remember one thing specifically, I was working with my business mentor and it was our very first call. And I was, I was nervous and, you know, she was someone I'd, I'd really looked up to for a long time. So when I hired her, that was a big deal. And I remember that first call I, and she coming on the zoom screen and I thought, here we go, here we go. And within minutes, within minutes, she said to me, where's Jen? And I said, what do you mean? And she said, you're in a performative persona. I can, I can feel it. I can see it. This is not the real you. And I remember being shocked and embarrassed, but at the same time, I remember it being a marker moment. Like in, in our journey, if you look at my roadmap, that was a moment that it, there's a marker because I remember almost like this outer body experience of, of realizing she's right. Why am I acting like this? Because I wanted to impress her. I wanted to be impressive. I wanted to, you know, come across as someone that understood things and was successful and, and do thought would impress her. So she actually paused the call. I really appreciate this about her. She, she stands her ground and she said, you know, there's a few things you need to do before we carry on with our private calls and had me do a lot of work on myself and understanding myself, things like human design. There was some other different modalities that she introduced me to that had me really sit with myself. But this, this whole thing was really a look in the mirror. There's a great book by Louise Hayes called Mirror Work. I highly recommend it. I use it a lot in my my work with my clients because it is a gorgeous way of acknowledging ourselves and and remembering ourselves because we have been brought up, especially as women, we have brought up in a world where it matters more what people think of us than what we think of ourselves. And, you know, we're, we're swinging the pendulum back. We're coming back to acknowledging and realizing that how we feel looking in the mirror is the most important thing. How we feel about ourselves is the most important thing, but that's a practice right now. We haven't got this down pat. This is a practice. We are honing those skills again. And so for me, this is a continuum. I can't say that I've got it all figured out yet because I don't, I'm a human being on this journey. I have definitely made massive improvements, but for me, it's, it's always 
looking at myself, even on zoom, it's such a, a wonderful thing to look at yourself, even on zoom. And cause you're there, so you can't really escape. And sometimes I have to click in and say, are you, are you being your fullest, most authentic, real version right now? Or are you trying to impress this new client? You know, am I giving my all to this? Am I being vulnerable and open or am I being protective because I want someone to perceive me a certain way? And it's those types of check-ins that have really been the foundational pieces to getting to a point where I, I feel almost hundred <laughs> percent. I can't say hundred percent because that wouldn't be real, but almost there where I feel like I can be all of me. And there's this peaceful confidence that that's followed along with that. I'm loving this story. And, and thank you so much for your openness as well. I have to say it gave me slight goosebumps and a really warm heart. And it made me smile at the same time. And do you know what? I, I recently had a conversation with my coach supervisor and we weren't talking about a session. I said to her, I'm not feeling it. She said, what's going on? I said, I'm not feeling full. I feel frazzled. I feel like being in this hamster wheel again, where I just fit a lot of stuff in in order to be successful, quote unquote, um, whatever that actually means, which you can figure out when you sit with yourself. And we explored being me again. And throughout the entire session, I was like, not feeling it, not feeling it. it it's like numbness, pure numbness. And towards the end, she said something that put me back years and years ago when I had this marker that you have had, a real realization, a real big moment. And my heart was so full and there was so much warmth and so much connection. And I almost felt like I'm, I was tearing up. And I just realized, oh my God, there it is. And it was a pure feeling of that's me. I'm back. So how can I now nurture this more? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So thank you for moving me back. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And it's not easy. You know, the word authenticity is being thrown around so abundantly right now where I almost feel like we're diluting the potency of that word because it is really beautiful. And I, I feel like some people are almost turned off by it because it's so used in marketing, mm -hmm. but I, I want to bring us back to the meaning of that word and to not get jaded by marketing or the overuse of something. And instead keep it pure, keep it clean and remember what this means for us and to be authentic is that's goals. I mean, these, this is life goals to be authentic because for most of us, we're not, you know, people will say I am, well, maybe in certain situations, maybe we're always authentic. You know, there's never any performing, there's never any positioning. I, I, of course there is. And that might be authentic. Actually, there might be some rhyme and reason and strategy towards a certain behavior. Um, however, I, I believe that we need to come back home. And what you, you've just said too, is like, come back home to ourselves. And people will say, I've lost myself. I recently had a conversation with someone around this. I lost myself. They're just sobbing. What makes me cry even thinking about it. And I, I looked at him and I said, you have, you haven't lost yourself. We can't lose ourselves. It's just a coming home. It's a, it's a recognition. It's a, an intention towards coming back to ourselves. It, it's probably just that for so long now, you've been looking outside of yourself at circumstance, at people, at opinion, at, 
you know, whatever's going on around you environmentally or culturally, and, and it takes us away, but it's, we've never, we never can lose ourselves because it's the seed, the core of who we are. And I, I really appreciate some of these fundamental rules of thought that I carry with me because it does allow that breath sometimes in my lungs, just to say, everything's okay. What do we need to do right now to bring us back? What can I do right now to be more authentic, be more real, to give myself more peace and presence? And those questions really always, there's always an answer, you know, you need to just pause for a second or, you know, more, give more, or, um, you're, you know, you're missing your children take a day off and give them, you know, take, let them take a day off and be with them, whatever those things, the answers are always there. But a lot of times we, we are looking outside of ourselves and it's unfortunate, but it's not like a forever thing. You can, you can figure this out and course correct. You have experienced not losing yourself, but perhaps losing a bit touch with yourself. Oh yeah. And, and I certainly have on multiple occasions, Now, you're also supporting many, many individuals on their path to build an iconic brand. Hopefully, we are going to talk very soon about what that means. What are the signs people you support notice when they lose touch with themselves? How would they describe it? I don't know if they describe it all of the time, but it's very, now that I'm on the other side, you can see it. You know, we think we're fooling people. Um, we think that we're getting away with things, but I really believe someone's presence and the way they carry themselves speaks louder than words. So I often teach it called, and it's called peaceful confidence. So I'll get to that, but I'll start by saying, I, I notice doubt. That, so doubt shows up as like second guessing every single move, worrying about every single move. And I also see a disconnect from life and business. So a lot of my clients come to me and they're just so hungry to grow their brand. They're so eager to scale and see what this can become. And yet, and I work with women, the biggest hurdle, the biggest holdback is this fear that somehow they're going to hurt their families as a result of doing that. And it's unfortunate and it's, you know, generations upon generations history has told us as women that we have to sacrifice a piece of ourselves in order to achieve something. So if we want to be exceptional moms, we're going to have to sacrifice a career. If we want to have a great career, we're going to have to sacrifice our family. If we want to do both, we're going to have to sacrifice our health, that something's got to give. And I've heard these words and I I see women all the time living this out as their reality, as the only way, you know, what, what do I have to give up? Jen, tell me, you know, I'm worried I'm going to lose my marriage. We're already rocky, but I want to build this business. So there's lots of that kind of energy that comes into the space. There's lots of hope and vision, but it's also attached to a lot of fear and hesitation. So it's more in the bottom, fumbling on words, this, this, lack of assurance. And so I often will describe to them what I call peaceful confidence. I'm sort of known for this term in becoming iconic. And it's very clear to me. I had this vision once and it just, it stuck. And so what I, how I describe it is a woman walking into a room, if she is loud and declaring she's arrived, you know, some people would describe that as personal power, like being powerful, holding a space. I actually don't find it 
powerful or holding a space. As a matter of fact, people are actually turned off by that being loud and up in people's faces and, you know, making sure everybody notices you is not confidence. That's not confidence. It's a way of being, and some people are naturally more that way. So there's some training coaching I can help women with, with holding their posture and, and poise. But then there's also this other side, a woman who walks into a room and she's meek and doesn't want to take up space, wants to make sure everybody else is noticed. And, you know, that humility to an extreme that I talked about earlier, you know, and you go sit at the back of the room to make sure the seats are available for everybody else. You know, I'm just going to, I'm okay back here. And that's not confidence. So I thought, what is it? And I had this visual of a woman walking in a room and her presence walking in speaks for itself. You know, when people's heads turn and they're like, who's that? Mm -hmm. She hasn't said a word. She hasn't done anything, but she holds her shoulders back. Her chin is up. She's smiling. She's acknowledging others. She's connecting her aura is just palpable. And she walks to a chair and she sits down and she brushes her arm on the back of the chair and crosses her legs and leans back and just has this way about her that you want to know who she is. And that to me is where I desire to be and where I desire to get my clients to be. So that again, there's no having to prove ourselves and there's no sitting back and, you know, making sure everybody else has the spotlight dimming ourselves. And instead it's like, how can we hold ourselves? And that's, that's a really important journey. It is at the same time. And I know it from my own experience, when I am able to step into a similar persona you just described, I've been there a few times, I can't do it consistently. But oh, I can, I just sometimes forget about it. <laughs> I notice I'm really at ease with myself. I'm not as distracted by what do other people do? How do they speak? And I need to do this and I need to do that. I'm just really cool with myself. And you know what? Speaking of balance, often it's a matter of my personal definition of balance. How balanced do I feel myself? Do I feel, as I, as I said to you earlier on, right? I feel frazzled. I feel all, all over the place, basically. I'm not quite sure what my purpose is right now. Or am I in a place where I say, really enjoying being here? Mm. Love being present, actually getting to know people. And I fed and nourished myself with positive energy. And it can be through exercising, food, whatever it is. And that often leads me to be in that place that you've just described. Mm. It's not always the case. When you are there, because you said earlier on, you know, that's the woman I'm, I aspire to be. What helps you? Great question. And it's, it's difficult. The reason I hesitate, if you f hear the hesitation in my voice, it's difficult to explain in words. One of the things that I know is God given to me is I see people. So what I mean by that is when I'm with someone, I, I feel like I can connect with them on a very deep level. I feel like I see through people and that has created a massive amount of compassion and love and care for others. Like I, I genuinely have that. That's not a, a cute way of describing myself or a way of, you know, push, pulling myself up and look at it's, it's genuine. I I've had this since I was a little girl. And so when I am about to walk into any situation, even this, this interview with you today, it's how can I be my best? What can I bring? 
um, what's important. How can I bless this other person? So it is taking the attention off of me somewhat into how can I be a blessing? How can I, you know, be with you, Kathleen, and, and love on you and, and speak words that are going to touch the hearts of the people listening. That's the intention. But what happens after that matters because it comes back, the focus then turns back to me. And how are you going to be, Jen, to support all of those prayers, desires, intentions? And it's, again, clearing my mind remembering what's important. Connection is what is important always. Relationship is what is important always. And if we have lots of money and no solid, beautiful relationships, that isn't balance. That is not success. You know, if we have a big, huge business, but our reputation is that we're, you know, not necessarily who we say we are, that is not success. And so for me, the intention has always got to be in connection of soul to soul connection of realizing that we are all one of the same. And that literally grounds and anchors me in every single time, especially in those moments where I'm very nervous. You know, if you think about going into a room where, you know, you realize I might not be the smartest person in the room today. You know, these people are superseding me in success and maybe even age. There's sometimes, you know, when you're around people who are older than yourself, you know, there's a level of like wanting to dim because you're a little intimidated by that. Any moments where I'm feeling that intimidation or those moments where I want to kind of cower, dim, roll my shoulders forward in order to roll them back again, I have to remember what is important here. And the importance is to connect to let someone see that you acknowledge them, you see them, you care about them. And the side effect of that always is this peaceful confidence because it's not about me positioning myself in the room. It's not about me and how many people are going to applaud me or pat me on the back. Instead, it's how many people can I connect with today? How many genuine connections can I make today? And when that's the intention, of course, people are going to feel that love and sincerity through you. And guess what happens? You make genuine connections because not everybody walks in the room with that kind of intention. Most people walk in the room of like, what can I get instead of what can I give? Yeah. Already. Oh my God, I don't really want to be here. I am dreading events like that or being in a room with other people. Yeah, that's frequently lately. So what is your space? How can you still make meaningful connections in that moment? So I loved what you were just saying. Thank you also for... Being really human, you know, when I looked for the first time at your website and I read about you, I thought she seems fabulous. And yet I had the sense of immediate intimidation. Like, oh, my God. Right. And then the more I read about you, the more I listened to your voice, to podcasts and so on. I thought, oh, my God, a wonderful human being. I'm really interested. Thank you. Calling out my own biases as well that often play a role in the day-to-day -day as a female entrepreneur to compare, mm -hmm. to see what other people are doing, how often do people talk about their seven, eight-figure businesses <laughs> that, in all honesty, sometimes puts me off. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to focus on this anymore. My definition of success, their definition of success. But it is often on my mind, and I'm observing more and more about this online. Look where I'm traveling. Look how much money I've made. Look at this. Yes. And I wonder as to whether that can get hugely in our ways when it comes to this lovely 
peaceful confidence you've just described. So I'm just curious about your observations when it comes to female entrepreneurship. Well, yeah, there's that woman walking in the room. Here I am. Look at me. I'm so successful. You can't feel all that successful if you have to tell everybody how successful you are. And I have a real beef with it. I really do. I, I, I have a, it agitates me. And um, this is the maturity that I have started to acknowledge in myself. You know, after 17 years, I have watched these ebbs and flows, these trends in marketing. It's not the first time this has happened. But what's happened this time is with the online space and how prevalent it is, it's very loud. It's like we have a megaphone and we have really done a disservice to all of entrepreneurship. And what's unfortunate is it's being marketed as liberation and making wealth and women normal. Well, there's nothing normal about constantly telling people how much money you make. That's not normal. And that's not liberated. A liberated woman doesn't need to tell you what she made last month. Why? Because she is in fact liberated. A liberated woman doesn't need to prove herself to anyone at any time. But when we are proving constantly who we are, how successful we are, I have to question it. I have to wonder. And it will not last. It cannot last because this is not liberating women at all. So what I want to mention is our responsibility in what we're doing and how we are potentially hurting people through our marketing. I mean, I can talk about this and for hours upon hours, because it's a big discussion that's necessary right now. But what we're doing is telling people by constantly saying seven figures, which in fact is not true. I need to just be honest. I'm going to give you the spoiler alert. I know for fact, because I have my maturity and the, the level of success I have had most people are not actually making seven figures a year. And it's unfortunate, but it is just the truth that there's a lot of facade and embellishment happening in marketing. For example, people are saying they're a million dollar income earner because they had one six figure launch. Well, that doesn't equivalent a million dollars in a fiscal year. That is one six figure launch. So you were on your way. Let's applaud that. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Like I'm not taking away from that. That's a really big deal. But you don't all of a sudden say, well, because I had one six figure month, I'm now a millionaire. That's mm -hmm. not how it works. And also what a lot of people doing are combining their sales over the years. So they're saying I'm a eight figure brand, but an eight figure brand is eight figures in a fiscal year. It's not eight figures over the last 11 years. That's not, you know, yes, you've had eight figures in sales. Maybe you could articulate it in a way that's more aligned, more truthful. But what we're doing is we're again, like putting these smoke and mirrors up in our marketing and it's, it's hurting people because there are literally people who think everybody's making a million dollars. I'm only making $125,000. Somehow I'm failing. When did $125,000 a year working at home, you know, at the, the time you want, when you want doing what you want, when was that all of a sudden not successful? And that's what I mean by hurting people because we are literally eradicating and like pushing down five-figure businesses. I know because I work with so many five-figure businesses who want to go to that six, seven figure. That's my sweet spot. I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do, but they come to me and they feel completely defeated. Like they're not enough. Like, well, I only make, you know, I only make $7,000 a month, Jen. And I have to sit with them and say, 
pardon me, $7,000 a month. There's no way in a corporate career, you would have take home $7,000 a month. You'd be able to design the days the way you want to design your days, work with the people you want to work with, create whatever in the world you want to create, work from wherever in the world you want to work for $7,000 a month. That does not exist. And somehow we've made you feel Like that is not even worth discussing. And you can feel the passion in me because we cannot cancel all of these highly successful entrepreneurs as though the only time we can say we are successful is if we can declare the seven figures, which in fact, isn't always even true. Mm -hmm. So I I have this passion. (laughs) I can (laughs) notice. Yeah, because... I I am standing in an industry that I love. I'm standing in an industry that I've been a part of for a very long time. I'm standing in an industry as a pioneer and a a trailblazer, but I also have to be honest about some of the the dark shadow sides of this industry because it isn't regulated, which has some benefits, but it also has some some things that are are hurting the online space. And so- my message at the end of this riff (laughs) is that be careful what you are comparing yourself to be very, very careful. You don't know their P and L statement. You don't know. In fact, if to make a six figure launch, they spent $90,000 in ads. You don't know what's happening behind the scenes. And it is not to take away from anybody. I am the biggest champion for women, But if we could just all relax and enjoy and realize that seven figures, fantastic, proud of you, amazing. I remember hitting it and I remember thinking, that's it. (laughs) What? (laughs) I woke up the same person. (laughs) I woke up in the same home. I woke up with the same business. I woke up drinking the same coffee. The only thing that changed was the revenue and the leadership requirements, because Mm -hmm. to hold that requires a different version of me. That was uncomfortable, but it wasn't that all of a sudden I had private jets Mm -hmm. and a Lamborghini in my driveway and, you know, was eating caviar every day for lunch. Could I do those things potentially, but that doesn't matter. What matters is how am I continuing to build this? How am I leading this? How am I supporting and impacting others? How am I applauding others? (laughs) Because that's the important piece. Thank you so much. I love the ref Um, (laughs) that that needed to be said. Coming back to discernment, let's move from judgment. And these kind of messages may cause quite a bit of judgment to discernment to learning, to what led you to be successful or what would you do differently next time that you can share with the world so we can be each other's cheerleaders instead of putting one another off because it's just remote. It's just often not correct, as you said, and can be really off-putting, especially if you don't hear anything else in between about what makes you you. Coming back to authenticity. Amen. That's how it ties together. 
Today's podcast is sponsored by Inner Professional Online Training Programs. With courses geared specifically for legendary leaders, Inner Professional provides an extraordinary catalog of leadership and professional development programs unlike any online training you've experienced before. Hone your conscious and authentic leadership skills with peer group, networking communities, direct engagement with life experts, and a wealth of compelling, easy to engage on demand content. Learn more at kathleenmerkel.com slash innerprofessional. By the way, something else, right? That I was told years and years ago in my corporate career, Kathy, you are too direct, you're too blunt, you're too that. Yes, I probably was. And I definitely had to learn how to adjust my communication style. But that's something I'm actually really proud of nowadays, that people know what they get from me and that I will be very honest, but in a respectful, hopefully very respectful manner and supportive and empathetic manner. So I wonder what what it is about you that may you have that may, yeah, you may have seen as criticism in the past, but that turned into a huge gift that you're really proud of nowadays. First of all, I'm sure that you triggered people because most were not accustomed to a woman who could hold themselves in their presence and their voice. A woman being able to use her voice is not something that we're used to. So I applaud you. I think that's incredible. And that's why it was triggering because they're not used to a woman saying what she means and meaning what she says. And so you were a pioneer in your own way. And I'm sure people were rubbed the wrong way because you made them uncomfortable with what weight you're going to say something in an honest, real way. We don't do that. Or that's not how I'm used to doing things. Mm. So this is this, when you're triggering others, it's talk about discernment. Let's bring that word back in again. It's such an important point in the road for you to pause for a second and say, am I triggering somebody because I am out of alignment? I'm out of integrity. I'm doing something that doesn't fit. And so I need to take the responsibility of that. Or am I triggering somebody and I am in alignment and I am in integrity and I am being myself, the full version of myself. And that question to me will guide the next step. Because if you do need to take some responsibility, maybe you acted on emotion, maybe you were acting in defensiveness, then there is a way of course correcting. Or if you were like, no, I really am proud of the way I held myself in that. And yes, I, I held a presence and I had a big voice and I stood for myself, but I actually feel like I did a really good job. There's nothing to correct. Keep blazing forward. You're doing the right things. But there have been plenty of times in my journey where I have been criticized, ridiculed. Um, I remember when I started entrepreneurship, my mom cried, like cried. And I, I remember thinking, what? why am I consoling you? Isn't this what you've always wanted is your daughter to thrive? But for her, you know, she came at, from a teaching background where you go to university and you get a career in teaching and you get a pension and you retire like that. That's all my mom could see. Yeah. She didn't have any, even in her family, there was no entrepreneur. And here I was a mom with these two babies. I had just left my corporate career to stay home with them. I missed who I was. I wanted to do something. Entrepreneurship appeared and presented itself. And I thought, this is it. I can have the best of both worlds. I don't have to do one or the other. I can do both and I'll do it. Well, I know it. I felt it in my bones and like the marrow of my bones. And 
when I took off on this, I mean, she just, she couldn't see it. It had never been her experience. And to have that, that person who's my closest person, not see it was difficult, you know, and, and it did mess with my belief at certain times, or maybe I'm doing something I shouldn't be doing. Maybe she's right. Maybe this isn't the right time. I should just be home with the kids. And all of these feelings came up, but there was something in me that was undeniable that, that said, if I don't do this, if I take a step back, I will be out of integrity for myself. I knew it. I knew that I would regret this one day. And so I, I, I blazed through. And again, for me, I had this, this incredible mentor. Oh, he's such a good guy. And he said to me once, we we're talking about how people in your life who don't support you, whether, you know, right now you're in a corporate career and you want to pivot into entrepreneurship, or maybe you're an entrepreneur and want to pivot into something else, whatever the, the circumstance is, we're likely going to have somebody that we rub against, somebody that can't see what we can see, that is uncomfortable with that move, and maybe is even flat out unsupportive. Like, no, we're not doing this, or I don't understand, or, you know, really coming up and sort of holding a wall. What do you do? Because this is most of our lives. I mean, I was at the time married to somebody who didn't agree with it either. He wanted to look like the provider, and he was. But for me to do something on the side for him, it felt like a reflection that he wasn't providing enough. So he had a real ego thing as well. So I was, I was met with the main people in my life, not really loving that I wanted to work from home. But my mentor said, he said, you can look and respect somebody's opinion, but you do not have to accept somebody's opinion. And there's a difference. So respecting somebody's opinion looks like this. Tell me how you're feeling. And they can offload. They can tell you how they're feeling, their fears, their hesitations, their worries, why they don't think this is right. They, they can do that. And a respectful thing is to hear them out. Because if we're in relationship with someone, that's what we do. We hear them out. But we do not need to accept it as the outcome or as the opinion, we can then say, I respect that you're feeling this way. I hear you. I understand that this is scary, but I have to do this for me. And I'm doing this for us. Cast the vision that that person can understand how they fit into it versus them worrying like, why are you going over here or doing something different? You're unfulfilled. What does this mean? We make it all about ourselves. That person's Mm -hmm. making it all about themselves. So the way we do that is empathy, compassion, respectfulness, but we do not at the end of the day have to accept somebody else's version, vision, opinion as our own. I congratulate you for making the choices that you have made in your life and that you keep making. I think requires a lot of strength and again, awareness and openness toward that learning and those insights that you literally collected along the way. It's fascinating. Thank you. You said you left the corporate career because of your two children, so spending time with your children. Mm-hmm. How is that for you coming from the corporate world? I think you were in marketing, right? Yes, I was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I loved my job. You know, there's some people will assume, oh, she left her job to stay home with her kids because she didn't like her job. There's a lot of that story out there. And there's a lot of people who are unhappy in their careers. And if you're listening in and you're unhappy in your career, 
change. You are not a tree. Move, do something, try something, take a step, even if it's a mini baby step towards something. Just remember you are never stuck. But for me, one of the things I realized is as much as I loved my career and I really, really loved my career, my circumstance. So I have to be honest, my circumstance really supported me staying home with the kids and making that decision. My husband at the time was moving cities. So in that move, I had to leave my job and rather than finding another career, I made the choice to stay home, which I'll be forever grateful for him for that opportunity because he really did provide me that opportunity. So it's one of the beautiful aspects and components of that marriage. It didn't work out, but there are some beautiful parts that I will treasure for the rest of my life. I can't even talk about without crying because he did gift me that ability to have that experience. And if I didn't have that experience, I would never have found entrepreneurship. And if I didn't find entrepreneurship, I wouldn't be where I am today. So I give him so much, um, thanks and gratitude for being able to make that decision. But I didn't leave my job because I didn't love it. I loved my career. It was so fulfilling. I love marketing, but I had these two babies were making the move. And I I really did want to stay home with them. I thought maybe this is my time to give them all I've got, but I completely lost myself in that role. I became that mom that didn't get out of her pajamas a lot of the days. I became that woman who didn't do her hair, wash her face, brush her teeth some days. I mean, this is the reality. This is the truth. There were some days I remember him coming home from work and thinking, I haven't even brushed my teeth. I lost myself. First example, lived example of capacity and the wholeness of what a woman is. And she's not a singular thing. I was not just a mom, as, although that is my favorite, most treasured title, the most important thing to me. It's not all of me. And that was the, the sticky, crunchy part of my journey where I was really in this rut of my like burn in my belly to do something with myself and have conversation and build and have goals. But I, I thought I had made a choice and there I am living that sacrificial living that I spoke about way at the Mm. beginning, you know, Mm. that I had to sacrifice my career to, to be a great mom, but entrepreneurship taught me that it's never, it's not an exchange. It gets to be an all. And I live in all life. I live in and life. How do you have six streams of income? How do you have four children? How do you have a husband? How do you look after your health? How am I a daughter to my parents? How do you do all those things if we're we're so small in our capacity? And I hope that I am a living, breathing example of what is possible. Never perfect. It's never perfect. (laughs) There's always a something. But one thing I know I'm dedicated to is the progression is the waking up every morning. My prayer has been this for decades. God, just make me better today than I was yesterday in some way, shape or form, have the needle move forward. Let me be a more full, beautiful version of myself, hence becoming iconic. Mm -hmm. And it, that intention has served me very, very well because I yearn to expose more of my heart, my soul, my spirit, and my potential every day than I do of, oh, I've got so much, or oh, there's so much on the plate, or oh, my calendar today. I, I don't, I don't want to live that way. What a <laughs> blessing that I have a full calendar. What a blessing that there's noise in the house when the kids get home from school. These are blessings. And what most of us do are crunch in and like, 
concave in because it's like, we look at our calendars as, oh my goodness, I've got so much to do. Thank God we have so much to do because the opposite is not actually what we desire. We don't desire nothing in the calendar, no clients or business, no children or family or relationships. That's not what we desire. So I've reminded myself, even when I have those moments to realize maybe there's a pause, a moment for rest here to recalibrate, regroup, refuel. That's probably what I'm craving, but I do not want to deny the beauty, the fullness of my life. Now you answered my question already Um, because I said, come on, there must be moments when you think, oh, there's a bit much on in my calendar, right? Mm -hmm. And and earlier on, you mentioned balance. We mentioned it a few times since then, really. And you said I could focus a whole episode, maybe not in the same words, on balance. So what's balance for you, especially in your life that consists of all of these different roles you just outlined? Yeah. So balance to me has been the thief of so much joy for so many people because we have been told to find balance. That's the pinnacle way of living your life. And once you find this balance, you've got it, but there's no such thing. There is no such thing. And we are searching for something that doesn't exist. We're searching for something outside of ourselves that is consistently robbing us of seizing moments, showing gratitude, being available because we're waiting for this moment where we feel balanced. But if you actually look at this word, this term, what we're seeking, that everything has equal parts of us. So that means I've just spent an hour or so with you this morning. So what I should do now to create balance is leave this room and go sit with my husband for an hour and however many minutes. And then when I'm done with him, I should go to the business and do the business for an hour. So everything's balanced. If you think about it, it's almost something that's comical. Like it's, it, of course, we're not going to do that. And that also means as a, as a mompreneur, if one of my kids are homesick, oh no, I'm not balanced because now I have to, to be available to my child. And now what happens? Resentment. I'm resenting a child for being homesick because I can't get the things done today. I mean, I lived like this. I lived like this. That's not an easy thing to admit to, but I'm not here to say easy things. I'm here to say truthful things so we can look in the mirror and see that this is not working in our favor. This idea of balance and, you know, oh, now I have a child sick. So my whole week is, is thrown. You are blessed to be home with a child and care for that child who is sick and needs their mom. Is there any more important thing that day than that? I don't think so. And the beautiful part specifically about entrepreneurship, maybe someone in corporate America would say, well, this doesn't, you know, necessarily apply to me, but it does in certain ways, find, find the commonalities, but we can rework our schedules. And so what happens is we don't seize opportunity when we're looking for balance. We want everything to remain calm and steady. Any sort of movement disruption makes us feel out of balance. What do we do when we start to grow our business? We actually interrupt momentum because what hits us? Overwhelm. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Oh, there's so much to do. There's so many people. I don't know if I can do this. And and we get in that burnout state because we put ourselves there, not necessarily our life and business, but the feelings and emotions that have been rumbling in our bodies of like the potential. We create that very thing in our lives. 
that maybe never would have actually come to fruition if we actually just realized our capacity and went, wow, my business is booming. If only business was booming all the time. I've done this for 17 years. I can tell you it's not like that. You're not going to always have so many clients that you're, you know, you're go- your head is spinning. What a beautiful blessing. Enjoy the moment because there will be a time where that's not necessarily the feeling. That's not bad either because that's a good time to refuel. But I feel like in life, we are such big interrupters and disruptors to fulfillment and to momentum and to beauty and to experience because we don't give ourselves enough credit. And the reason we don't give ourselves enough credit is because we've hit burnout. We've hit overwhelm. We're seeking balance. And so we are afraid of abundance, Mm -hmm. the very thing we're praying for. And when it's being delivered, we say, no, 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 not all of that. No, no, no. Cause I'm not going to, I'm not going to be rested. I'm going to be tired. I'm going to be overwhelmed. And it's so confusing to your life and to the energy and love and source of your life. It's so like, what do you want? So you've got to decide that. I'm loving your comical style. I have to say um, (laughs) that there's an additional income stream coming your way. (laughs) (laughs) I love so much about what you were saying. And I actually recognize myself in quite a few of those um, things that you have just mentioned. Uh, And I also talk to other women who I work with on a regular basis who keep saying to me, I am looking for space and balance. However, I also appreciate that once I get space, I fill it up right away because that feels really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to be in this space where you can expect and accept accept as well um, abundance. Right? If your life is full, 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 and I would say full with things that don't nourish your soul, a friend says to me, I love this expression, or full with kind of things that don't give you purpose, where you don't have this, con- they don't feel the connection, this real authentic connection. Mm-hmm. Then I wonder, how am I going, how are you going to receive whatever it is and make right. space for it? Right. I think that's really important. And it come back, that comes back to presence again, doesn't it? It does. And also the energies, like the masculine feminine energy, because we have worked so well in that masculine do, 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 do. Yeah. And I'll give you a, a real example. This just, I just did this. One of my best practices for nourishing the soul to finding that space, because I do believe that's often what it is. It's not that we feel like overwhelm and burnout. It's just that we haven't given ourselves space as women. We are so good at filling our space with everybody else. Right. I mean, if we have a moment of time, it's like, I should do the laundry. Mm -hmm. I should go make the meal. I should call this client back. It's the shoulds all the time are directing the way we spend our time. And most of us just need a moment, a glimpse of space and quiet and stillness to feel fueled. It doesn't take a long time. We have this perception that we need all this white space in our day in order to feel that balance, which again, I use the word harmony more like a harmonious life, meaning you're fulfilled, you're happy. Everything Mm -hmm. is moving and, and it's like everything you ever dreamed of. I think that's really the ultimate goal, but I did, I do something for myself and I'll, I'll encourage everybody listening to do this. So I will go periodically. It needs to happen more often than it is, 
but I will go and rent myself a beautiful hotel room. I just did this this past weekend and it took everything in me. So this is where I'm going to be really honest. It was Thursday and I booked this hotel for two nights, Thursday night and Friday night. And I was riddled in guilt, riddled in guilt. So I want you to know that this doesn't come easy. The guilt was maybe I should just have my husband and kids come to like, you know, we'll make it a weekend. I was thinking about how they should be incorporated guilt around. Oh my goodness. I'm leaving all this space and time and he's home with the kids. And, you know, I don't want him to be upset with me or, you know, I don't want, he doesn't do this for himself. Why should I do this for myself? I mean, all this narrative was playing out in my head, every sort of reason to cancel or to change the whole meaning of the trip and bring people with me. But I went, I got in the car and I thought, no, this is really important to me. And this is really important to my family. And if my husband were to request this and say, I need to get away for a couple of nights, I would never in a million years say to him, no, you can't. We don't have that relationship. So I would honor him. What if I allowed him to honor me? And when I asked him and sort of said, here's what I want to do. He's like, yes, go do that. You need some rest. You need some space. This is important for you. Go do that. I wasn't met with resistance and I got to look at my husband with these eyes of gratitude and love. And like that deepens a relationship because he was able to support me in that. So if we rob our partners of those opportunities, then we're robbing ourselves opportunities of deepening. So we deepened, but I got in that car and I drove and I got there and it was the most fulfilling two days. I did work because I love being a captive audience. And I got so much tidied up in my business but I also went for really long walks. I had two almond milk lattes, not just one. You know, I watched what I wanted to watch on the TV. I watched TV in bed, which I don't have a TV in my room. It's in my favorite hotel and the sheets are divine and the smell is beautiful and the vibe is uplifting. I came home a totally different woman than I would have if I had denied myself that opportunity. Work was complete. It was effective. There was productivity within that two days. But most of all, ah, the space to be with myself, to hear ideas, to look at the city, to just romance and date myself for a minute. I realized the importance of this. I coincidentally watched an episode of a series yesterday. That's a real treat for me to do that. And it played in a um, five-star luxury hotel in a really beautiful spot. And I was like, oh, my God, I really great one or two nights in a place like that where I can sit in the sun, let it just shine on me. And I can literally feel that my batteries are filling up again. And as you said so nicely, even, you know, hear my own thoughts. Amazing. Sounds nourishing. It is nourishing. And I highly recommend it's never going to be convenient. You're going to be feeling all the feels too. I mean, unless you don't, which I don't want to project that. I mean, maybe you don't have that, but I would have, it's now you recognize and you are aware that this might be what you're faced with. This might be the, the way you feel, but you're going to also know the end of the story. You also now know that on the other side of making this decision is coming home and being a more loving, like I was so excited to see my husband. We went to bed together that night and he's like, I'm so glad you're home. And like the intimacy 
intimacy and connection of being away from each other for two days. He's home full time with me. We need a little bit of space from one another. Same with the kids to walk in the door and for them to be like, mommy, they don't greet me like that every day. So look how much I was able to receive by making a decision and realizing that no one's going to be hurt by me making this decision. As a matter of fact, people are going to be blessed from making this decision, especially myself. Mm -hmm. So this, yes, I highly recommend doing it. Try it once and then you will see the benefits. (laughs) Well, I'm curious to hear from the listeners what the benefits were they were noticing. Mm -hmm. And also what are other date yourself ideas? You know, as Chen said, for you, it may be the hotel stay in a luxury hotel. For others, it's got to be something very different. And I would love to be inspired by all of you out there. So share it with us. Jen, you started to talk about becoming iconic early on and what it means to you. But it would be wonderful to hear a little bit more about it. How did you come up with the the name being iconic what does it truly stand for the third part to it and here my mentor keeps saying to me don't stack your questions um how do you live it on a regular basis i love stacking questions <laughs> because it allows um it allows me to build my scope of vision for the answer so just want to say i appreciate so much <laughs> you're such a great interviewer and this has been such a great discussion so becoming iconic really feels like it was my divine call. And that sounds big. And it might even be where someone rolls their eyes, but hear me out. I had built a seven figure business as a personal brand using my name. And there's a lot to that story and I won't go into that, but I I realized walking was about 2019. I knew there was more to me. I was building something different than just me. I knew my vision wasn't to just build this personal brand. And and to be honest with you, I was craving some change. So I really wanted to create a podcast. This is so, this is where the divine part comes in and I'll tell the story. So I really wanted to create a podcast 2019. This was fairly new. Not many people had them. I really wanted to serve the masses. So I wanted to sort of broaden my scope of who I was facilitating conversation with. I knew I had more to offer than what I had just been representing, which had been solely like sort of life and wellness coaching. I really wanted to move into teaching people business because I'd been doing that for so long and supporting people in wellness businesses and life businesses that I thought, I oh, gosh, I should be teaching this more as a business type perspective. So I was walking into 2020 and I was making these things become a reality. I'd hired a business coach. I was really starting to stretch myself. It was very uncomfortable. I was very worried as well because I was very comfortable in my revenue and my income and my lifestyle. I had really built a foundational lifestyle that was beautiful and exquisite. I was afraid to interrupt that, that what if it goes away? What if I lose it? What if, Mm -hmm. you know, all the what ifs were happening, Mm -hmm. but I kept being called into this. So there's two things that happen. Number one is in October of 2019, when I was in this, oh my goodness, what if I ruin everything? And you know, what will happen to my family? I'm the sole income earner for my family. So there's a lot of responsibility and, and pressures within that. And I ended up hemorrhaging. 
because, and I'm firmly believe it was the resistance in my body. The reason I believe that is in the hemorrhaging, when I was in the hospital, I had a doctor. I honestly believe it was an earth angel walked into my room. I don't know who she is. I don't remember her name. She said she was an OBGYN. Um, she came in and she left. So I'll, I'll never know who it was, but she said to me, this is not medical. What's happening to you is nothing to do medically. There's something inside of you that you have been stifling. There's something inside of you that needs to be seen. And this is your body's way of getting your attention. This is your body's way of cleansing you of whatever you've been holding on to. I mean, you're laying in a hospital bed, hemorrhaging with nurses and medical, you know, team all around you to have this person come in with a totally different perspective and then just kind of appear and disappear. But she planted a seed for me that day and reminded me of the emotional side of my life and what had been occurring within me. And it it resonated. It felt real. I was like, I think she's right. And I literally started to heal from that moment forward because of my mental space, my mindset shifted and my body started to shift as a result. It was absolutely amazing. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it was miraculous what was happening. And after I healed from that, I really did make big steps forward. So that's the first pivotal moment. The second pivotal moment was I kept hearing iconic. And I thought, who in the world? I'm not saying iconic. I'm not iconic. Oprah's iconic. Beyonce's iconic. Those people are iconic. I am not that. I didn't feel good around that word, but it it just wouldn't go away. It was like that nagging itch. And so I talked with somebody about it and they said, what if it were becoming, because that's so much of what you teach this evolution, this, this evolving of self. And it's like the becoming of this higher version. And she said, that's really what you teach. And it was again, that marker moment. I was like, that's it. I had to attach the word becoming because to say you are going to have an iconic brand. A lot of people can't feel or touch that just yet. Like who am I comes into play, or maybe you don't even want that, but the becoming of the most full, beautiful, robust version of yourself, that's something we can all understand and touch and feel. So it launched in 2020 and launched the podcast right before the world came to a stop. I mean, these were all these divine moments. Like I didn't know that was going to happen. I was a public speaker before that. Yay for for following intuition. But becoming Mm -hmm. iconic really has now evolved into supporting mainly entrepreneurs, although I, I work with some corporate, but majority entrepreneurs who are hungry, excited, willing to do things they've never done before to build something that lasts and and is a true legacy, not just this word legacy, but a true legacy, something where they have impacted and touched the world. They've left a fingerprint on the world. That's the type of woman I work with. And we also work on making sure your life and business is that fulfillment, that your relationships and your business and your health and your connection to self, all of those things start to blossom simultaneously. And that's, I think, one of the biggest things that people notice within working with me is that it's not a siloed approach. That's where you bring the harmony in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly. 
And how often do you work with those entrepreneurs and, and some corporate businesses? Because I saw people really need to apply to be working with you. So how how or what are the chances for individuals to, you know, have the gift of your help on their side? I do have an application because I believe in women saying big empowered yeses to themselves. And so there's, there's some rhyme and reason behind that. The first thing is I love meeting with women to discuss what they're looking for and to make sure there's a match. You know, I want to make sure we connect because if you're going to come into a relationship with me, I'm going to give you all I've got. There's no holding back in my world. And so I want to make sure we jive and we have this beautiful energy between the two of us. So that's really important for the person on the other end and myself so that we have this, this relationship partnership built upon something that's so good. And I also think applying for something is that first step into a big yes. We talk ourselves out of beautiful opportunities mm -hmm. all day long. I had someone just recently say, well, I'm, I want to apply, but I don't think my business is where it should be. I'm like, why are you, why are you making that assumption? I mean, what if you just took a step to see? And the first of all, I would never close a door on anybody. Like that's just not how I roll. So for me, it's the application is a bit of that, the encouragement of you stepping into your own personal leadership and yes, and also to make sure that we have beautiful relationships because I don't do this to have thousands of people in the room. I've done that. I've had thousands of people in a room and I've lived that part of my career with group, group coaching programs. And it was beautiful and fulfilling. I'm at a space in my career and in my life where I want deep, meaningful, connective relationships. My private clients have been with me for years and they're with me for years because once we get over the understanding of one another and the, you know, the little bit of that performative that comes out. Once we work through all of that, that's where the beauty of mentorship starts to really show its colors because I know you and you know me. And so we have this synergy that is so unstoppable and, and it's, it's incredible. So that's where I am with my career right now. It's private coaching. I do have a mastermind that's opening up. Um, it's, I'm so excited about that where we have a beautiful retreat. I love taking people on beautiful retreats. So those are the more intimate ways of working with me. So, you know what, it, it sounds like the work. And I mean by that, the beautiful work starts already with the application process. I already put the women into a certain reflective state and starting to build that confidence in themselves. That's right. That's right. Because the one thing I can't teach somebody is hunger. And when I say hunger, it's like that burn in their belly to make a move. Like they're ready. You know, they're like, I don't know what it is. I'm scared to death, but I know I want to make a move that by somebody doing an application, they're walking into that already. I can't teach that. So I know if somebody's done that, they have it in them. They have that, that yearning, that desire for more. So that is my first sort of indication of it being someone who's aligned versus someone who sits there and looks at the application or thinks what not me or I'm not or whatever you're just not there yet or maybe I need to encourage you through the content that I constantly pour out or whatever it may be but that yeah that is a big point of courage to fill out an application and say I'm interested I want to say yes to myself that's why sales is so beautiful I mean someone 
purchasing and investing is like, that's the biggest declaration of belief in themselves. Like I believe enough in who I am. I'm going to do this. Like I get so riled up in such a good way around that because it's something to be like, it's just like pause for a second. Let's celebrate this. That's a really big deal. And what's about to happen as a result of you making that choice and decision, it's going to blow your mind. And it always does. Oh man, your passion is unbelievable. Your voice, your body language, it's just all out there now. <laughs> You're clearly in your sweet spot there. Thank and you. also, if there's anybody out there who says to say, right, uh, I don't think my business is in the right place yet. Even if that was the case, that's that's what Jen is for, to help you get to the place where you want it to be, whatever right means to you. So don't join Jen, and I might say the wrong thing here, only when everything is perfect, because, well, you know, give her a bit of a challenge right? <laughs> to do something together with you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jen, it's been such an amazing and inspiring and uplifting conversation. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Before we let you go, I would like to know two things from you. A, where can people find you? So easy. Becoming Iconic everywhere. (laughs) The website is .co, so becomingiconic.co. That's where the magazine is. So if anybody's interested in reading the free digital version, it is so beautiful. Think of like Forbes meets Vogue. It's going to teach you all sorts of lessons in um, your business, but also be so inspiring in terms of like spreading your, your palate and taste or your style, or, I mean, every issue just blows my mind. It's my favorite thing. And the digital copy is free and you can also subscribe and have those um, beautiful glossy pages sent to you. The podcast is also on the website. And then if you are interested in, you know, seeking opportunity or feel connected, there's a great place um, as well to connect with me on the website and on social media, it's becoming iconic. And of course, the the podcast is becoming iconic. The magazine's becoming <laughs> iconic. <laughs> I mean, you you can find me for sure. And uh, I w- I love connecting. So I am the person in the DMs when you come into the DMs. So don't fear that you know some strange person may be on the other side. It's always me, and uh, would love to to meet some new friends. Yeah, and um, you know perhaps some European friends um, yes. connecting with you, and. The second question I have for you or the challenge I have for you is actually to pose a beautiful, thought-provoking question to our listeners so they have something to take away and to mull over. I feel like we've been calling through this whole conversation, everybody to make a big, bold, audacious move. So my call to action would be what could you do today? And we're not going to even silo that. It could be health, relationship, business, personal growth. I'm not going to declare what that is for you, but what could you do? One thing today that is bold and audacious, something you've never done before, maybe, you know, acknowledging that itch and giving it a little scratch today to realize for yourself that on the other side of that is nothing but beautiful opportunity and growth and possibility. So that would be my, my nudge is do something bold and audacious. Loving that challenge. Oh, I'm going to have a think about that as well. See what I can do. Me too. Thank you, Jen. (laughs) 
It's been a wonderful conversation. I have to say it again. I want to say it again. Thank you so much for being you, for being so iconic already and for sharing all of your wise insights here with us. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful remaining day. And to all of you out there, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed this um, recording, this podcast conversation as much as I have enjoyed being in it here right away. It's, been, it's beautiful. been beautiful. And I'm curious to hear from you what you thought of it. What were your key takeaways? Do share them with us. And um, by all means, please get in touch anytime. Have a wonderful week. Take good care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Legendary Leaders podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, then remember to subscribe to the show either on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on my website, www.kathleenmerkel.com. I would also love to hear from you to discover what topics you'd like to hear more about, what topics really resonated with you, and how you're enjoying the show in general. Please do leave your review on iTunes as well. It would mean the world to me. Thank you so much and speak to you again next time. Bye.